This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Continues as we welcome you to Bar Down Breakdown episode 2600. I don't know. We have a lot of episodes. It's only 205, (laughs) but that's how professional we are. Oh, 205 live right now. That's what we are. We're not even going live. We're coming from, we're coming to you where the cruiser waits. I have one request. One request (laughs) before we start this. If, if this, episode or this series lasts for another 98 episodes i request 303 for episode 303 <laughs> that's dope all right i'm, I'm putting it out on the internet right now <laughs> and they just gotta drive on a kia's it's gotta drive their 2007 <laughs> kia souls with the hamsters <laughs> to charlotte <laughs> Yeah, those hamsters were dope, though. If you remember them correctly, they were very stylish. They like well, you know music. Who's more, you know who's more dope? Who? The Bronze Age. Who? Yo, Tom there didn't so even know many, where that was going. There's so many <laughs> wrestling things happening. So, yo, we do have the Bronze Age with us. We got Mike and Jesse. What's going on, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. What's up? Thanks for uh, for jumping on the jumping on the bar down with us this is uh this is good times so um i'm just gonna start at the beginning because i always love to hear about you know the influences that led you guys to coming together as a collective so you know when the band started you know what what were your biggest influences when you guys started and like is that kind of how you guys came together or you know how did that work out there's a lot to to unpack in that. Um, <laughs> the the band itself has been around a, a really long time. Um, as far as like what five years yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, but like with Mike, it's been like two and a half years or so. Um, we kind of went from when I started the band. I was I was doing. I was kind of into like um, I don't know like earlier kind of like slower like emo tunes kind of something you heard on tooth and nail yeah yeah kind of in that realm yeah very uh like what'd you say as cities burn yeah yeah like as cities burn style type of shit and uh i guess after after some member changes and 
stuff like that. We kind of landed. Um, I'm I'm a huge like influenced by uh, Alexis on Fire. It's huge for me. Um, and then I go to like the other the other end of it, and like Foo Fighters is huge for me. So those two kind of kind of fell inside each other, and and me and Mike kind of love the same shit. Yeah, know? it definitely so. went more from like an emo band into like a rock. It's just like a yeah. straight up and down like rock and roll like. Beer drinkers and Hellraiser for rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny because I was I was like listening to you guys over the last like few like since you guys were announced on Bar Down, yeah. and I was laughing because I was texting Mikey about it today, and I said if if these guys don't say that their biggest influence are like Emery and Thrice, Thrice and yeah. Lexus on Fire and um and Armor for Sleep. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna lose this bingo card. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's another one I didn't throw in. Like thrice is huge for me. I, I mean, thrice has always been a, a very, very big influence for me. Yeah, we did like a fucking uh, four favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Like during COVID, trying to create content or whatever, and have like each member of the band like post something on Instagram about uh, their yeah. favorite record. And like it was pretty similar, but there's like one or two outliers for everybody. But everybody had artist ambulance in their top. Everybody, four. yeah, yeah. Tom and I did something similar yeah. at a Christmas party where we did a, a Mount Rushmore of musicians, and that was that was fun. Hell yeah! And I would argue about that. <laughs> yeah, that we fun. did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the fuck I put that line. I don't know. You, I might not have remembered it as well as I thought I should have, but you know, that's another story for another day. Well, fun yeah. fact about Thrice, though, is uh, I just got the artist. Uh, in the ambulance, their revisited version on vinyl. So oh, now you know that. Hell yeah. Everybody, now everybody knows it. It I, was I from that. Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Suck it. You sell out. <laughs> it's not as easy as it used to be. You can't just walk into a hot topic and like thumb through the bin and sure. find like a $5 New Found Glory picture disc and just walk out with it. <laughs> Fuck, man, I do can't that. do that anymore you know now it's it's different times baby you got to revisit records in order to get them you got to go 300 copies of adele to find it yeah, <laughs> yeah. those are burning in hell somewhere so speaking of burning in hell talking about alexis and fire um you know really kind of those throat burning tunes you know that you you guys have you can kind of hear it a little bit in there um, it's it's always kind of interesting to hear about where you guys came from, mostly because you know music evolves over time. You know, you said you started kind of working on stuff like Cities Burn, which couldn't be further from where you guys landed. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know that's kind of something to ask you guys. You know, just some commentary on it. You know, being a a, a band as long as you know, you guys have versus, let's say, a band like As Cities Burn, right? You kind of wonder how many times they might have wanted to kind of evolve and change. And their band did, you yeah. know, a little bit. But, like, you know, who knows what they would have matured into if they hadn't found such, like, a huge amount of success with, like, that first record yeah. that was so dynamic at that time. So, like, what what would you say about, like, kind of a situation like that where you know you guys are you know let's let's say kind of in the middle of your life right now when you guys land you know 
are you guys going to be haunted by where you started? Or are you guys going to just embrace it and develop it? I don't, I don't think you can be, you know what I mean? Cause like if you're writing music and you're writing music, honestly, yeah. it, any point in time you can write a song that means the world to you today and tomorrow you're in a completely different place. And it still means, you know, you were still that person. And if you're embarrassed by that, then yeah. I, I understand that to a certain degree, but you just have to be honest. And and if you are trying to do this to like gain popularity or notoriety, people pick up on that. And, and, you know, you just kind of got to keep moving in an honest direction. And I think that as long as you're writing honest music, you can always look back and like, reconnect with it in a certain degree and be proud of it for whatever reason that you have to make up in your head to to be able to get through where you're at to get where you're going but i mean me and i mean jesse and i are very similar and like depending on what day of the week it is we'll listen to god knows what kind of music yeah, yeah. so like you I mean, know i was like, listening to atlantis more set on the way here so. yeah so i mean, I mean like, you know like i, I think not to off you no go ahead yeah. um i think like um when I think about times like that, I guess, um, so when I was originally writing music at the, at the start of the band, I think that I had been doing the same thing for so long, writing the same style of music that I wanted to kind of outreach and challenge myself to try stuff that was different from what I had normally done or things like that and try to develop something. And I think that the more that I remembered why I played music in the first place, was that we just started writing music and whatever that music ended up sounding like, I knew that was, that was completely from like our mental and our soul and our heart of like where we wanted songs to land. And that's kind of when I stopped caring so much about what we sounded like and what we were giving. And I think that's like a big, you know, like a big moment you have to get to is to like, this is just what we sound like. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. There's just the way we sound. Alexis on Fire is a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that band sounds. And if they change that, they're not gonna sound like them. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's a band that realized like this is just who we are and we're gonna we're gonna do it. You yeah. Know? I think we mean like especially lately writing music, anytime we go into like work on something new or try to like carve out a path for a new song or something like you really just get in the room, write music, and whatever the song wants to sound like, that's kind of yeah. where it starts to go. Yeah, 100%. And then you just kind of embrace it and, and let it take shape, you know? That's that's the one thing I think lately we've been doing a lot of is just we like what we like. We have a specific, like, demographic that we're trying to appeal to and, and sound like, but we're not scared to kind of step outside of that box in a certain way to, to be able to pull something new in to, to mm-hmm. stay fresh yeah. so that we don't and we don't burn out and then the listeners like oh it's the same song that they just released you know yeah um, i think it's important to remember where you came from know where you're going so i guess talking where we came from uh you know you guys are holding it down in raleigh and it's not too often that we get a guest from like the raleigh scene on here Honestly, I think the last one we had might have been Walt back at like episode six or seven. Like it's been that long. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a hop, skip and a jump away from Charlotte where I am. But they're two completely different scenes with their own kind yeah. of uh, like staples in the in the, the venues that they have there. So um, I guess can you shine some light on what's happening in the Raleigh scene right now? 
Uh, I mean, as far as like music goes, like I have been to um, our buddy Dylan is like booking again, like a lot. And he's using like school kids records, which is, you know, a small record shop. And I mean, every night of the week, almost like the other night I went there, not last, like I went last night and there was probably like 40 kids. But then I went to a show like the week before and there was, I mean, there was like 90 kids in there just listen a bit they, and they had never heard of these bands i mean school kids is right by the campus yeah so like yeah. I, they're like really pulling in a lot of like the younger like college kids and stuff like that so i, I think that place is going to be a really good spot for people to discover music and then obviously i mean we always had the poorhouse like shout out that place they've been good to us for so yeah. long man yeah. and uh you can always catch a good show there and yeah um i mean the community is like really really like coming together a lot recently i think it's really cool the local hardcore scene is fucking booming yeah right it's, now. it's it's like there's gone, kids man. going to shows that have never gone to shows there's kids playing music that yeah. you know i almost feel like an old man when i see some of these kids playing music oh. now because it's like they're they're kids yeah and it's awesome watching them like get their friends together form a band go play music that like you know you're 18 19 in your early 20s the only thing you are at that point in your life is usually pissed off yeah. yeah, for them to be able to like project that and have an impact on the community the way that they do and in the music scene to like pull in 100, 200 kids, 300 kids. Like they do a lot of Monday night shows at school kids with hardcore that Dylan books and they just crush. Like it's amazing to see people doing what they're doing right now. And I have the utmost respect for it. Yeah, man. It's sick to see like, uh, yeah, Dylan, man, he is blind path booking. Um, shout him out man he's a good friend of ours and uh, he's doing a really really good thing for the scene right now and yeah. it's really good to see honestly so, so who, who's a, a raleigh band that you know maybe uh, our national listeners might not be aware of that needs to be on everyone's radar fading signal is fading killing signal, it in yeah. raleigh right now they're crushing uh they're hardcore um front side obviously front side is. obviously yeah um, uh, Old Sons is another band. Old I don't Sons, know if they're yeah. technically from Raleigh. They might be like Chapel Hill I think so. area. I mean, but, um, they're, dude, I don't know. We we played a couple shows with them, and I've been to see them a couple times, and they like they're they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Old Sons S U N S. Um, yeah, they are phenomenal. Great band. Uh, great dudes. Great band. Yeah, yeah. Check them out. If you guys haven't listened to them, definitely yeah. go listen to them. And Condado. Condado. Oh my god. Yeah, I love yeah. that band. But yeah. they're more like Greensboro area, right? Yeah. 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 I was going to say too. I think one of the cool things about Raleigh that I've seen that that could also be attributing to like the the younger audience going to these shows is that you guys have a functioning like school of rock program. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who doesn't know what school of rock is, it's essentially just like the movie, but it's like a after school program where you can go and they'll teach kids how to sing, play guitar, play drums, play bass, and essentially form a band within them. But what's different that Raleigh does, and I don't see it, like we have a School of Rock in Orlando, I don't see them doing this, is they'll actually get their School of Rock bands onto like local shows. Mm -hmm. So like you'll see these kids play with these punk bands and they're getting involved in the scene in a way that's so much more different than showing up to a venue because i think like especially when i was growing up like my mom was always a little bit kind of worried about putting me in like a cd venue yeah to yeah. watch a show for three hours right. and come back covered in bruises 
Right. But I think like with with that style of event, you get these kids when they're like 10, 12, th- like 13 or whatever, yeah. and they actually play in the venues. They meet the sound guys. They meet the bands. They're kind of like mentored by these bands, and you start seeing their friends come out, and it kind of like grows this scene from an after-school program, which I think is the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Super I know that important. they did a uh, St. Paddy's Day emo night thing. Yeah. At yeah. And they had the School of Rock yeah. open up the show, yeah. which I thought was really cool. There's a bunch of local bands, like really good bands. And the emo nights around here kill. Like they crush. Yeah. People show up for those. They're awesome. And uh, they had the School of Rock open it up, which I yeah. thought was amazing. You Super know? cool. Because it's, it's got to be funny because those kids, you know, are obviously mm-hmm. probably in high school or middle yeah. school. Yeah. Like, parents show up and then it's just like a bunch of us like hanging out and they're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. you actually meet people like that and you see how they like receive what your kids are doing and they're like encouraging and they're not yeah. like oh this is actually like a very like help like healthy place to be because yeah. these people aren't just like out here getting drunk and doing drugs and fighting and getting tattooed in the parking lot or you know doing whatever stereotype you think it is it's like, it does like, happen though Oh, for sure. That's <laughs> my life, dude. Can I can I ask a question? I mean, like honestly, what does it take to be an emo night DJ? Like, what do you need? All right, so a playlist. Legit. <laughs> so you need somebody's phone number. You need a laptop. <laughs> All right. Preferably a MacBook. Okay, bingo. Uh, you need one of the squeaky squeaky things. You know, the digital ones. That you All right. Can okay. Uh, you need a, a solid playlist. All right. You got to have some old heads. All right. Run it. And then okay. You're good. You're yeah. solid. I've, ne- I've been to a handful. They always play the exact same playlist. But, they're, like, it's, but it's, it's fun, man. I, I get like six beers deep. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I just like, I wonder if like, if uh, like I like gimmicked myself. Like I was like, all right, here's my deal. Like I'm an emo night DJ but I only play track three of any album you liked. And if it isn't track three, then fuck off. You know, like that's kind of like, that'll be my tagline. Like if it isn't track three and then it'll be dot, dot, dot. And I won't put fuck off. Like the crowd will say it. I don't want to put fuck off because that'll destroy the marketing team. Can't fucking have that happen. But, uh, I think I'm going to start building this. This is an enterprise I'm going to build. You, if you guys want to get in on the ground level, we'll talk after this. Yeah, um, um, for sure. Let me just tell. Okay. Tears. This is insane. Cause I just looked up two of my favorite albums to see what the third songs are. Yeah. It, they're the, the best songs on the album. So, right. so taking back Sundays yeah. louder now yeah. is okay. make damn sure. Okay. That's a good. Okay. So they won that one. All right. All right. Taking Back Sundays, Where You Want to Be, third yeah. track is A Decade Under the Influence. They also won that one. Okay. Um, You're going to win some. Let me pull. You want? Uh, do you want a something corporate, say anything? Let's do Census Fail. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more. All let right. it unfold you. Third track, Cute When You Scream. Damn. Sometimes it won't work, but sometimes it won't. Sometimes the best songs are going to be like, two and four i feel like that's probably the way it is on like yellow cards ocean avenue it's like <laughs> i'm gonna play this song in between like ocean avenue and 
the other one with the other sad one. <laughs> the other you know what the, the third track of Ocean Avenue is? Yeah. What which one is it? Ocean Avenue. See, fuck. Okay. But it's still gonna be a gim. I mean, I could really fuck it up and like do something weird, like be like track nine, because like you know, nobody does singles from track nines, but that's too obvious. So, anyways, we'll retool it. We'll retool it. I it's fine. I'd attend. I think it's a great idea. From here on out, dude, we're only like if we release a record, we're only putting a single at number three. <laughs> no, for real. This is a single is going on track three. You're, you're gonna get played at so many emo nights in 2043. <laughs> track one and track two are both gonna be separate intros. And the record's gonna be track three. You're just track one is just water, track two is the waterfall, and track three is song. Dude, so, track two is gonna be like that weird ASMR shit that people are into right now, where it's just like Jesse clicking his nails up against a microphone and whispering. Dude, you know who was into that too? Under oath on their only chasing safety because they did the thing where they did the fucking voice. I was like, four, three, two, one, and then it turned into fucking chaos because that's what under oath feels like to me still oh, to this God. day is chaos okay i love under us so much our only chasing safety Shit. is not a is not a banger the third one is not a banger yeah it's, it's the impact of reason but it is between two bangers d- 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 yeah. a boy brush red and reinventing your exit and that's and that's what track three dj is really all about it's like <laughs> i want to give that you, one track on their only yeah i want to give you the sadness of it not being the one before it or after it, and I want that to plague you while you dance the night away. Like, I want you to, to booze more because of how it makes you feel. Like, that's the idea. Like, beer fucking bar owners are going to love it because, like, they're going to be like, all right, this next one, I know it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be like, this next track is from like Reggie in the Full Effect. And it's like a skit, and everyone's like, fuck. Just fucking throwing whiskey back. Dude, it's, foolproof this idea is foolproof that's actually kind of sick too because like when you do do that everybody goes outside of like smoke and then they hear a song they want to hear and they all come back in at the exact same time it gives you a break you get yeah everybody's (laughs) and and that's and that is the beauty of track three because like i want to hit them hard where it hurts but i also want to draw them back in (laughs) so you know jimmy world track three i know on bleed american is the middle fucking if i put the middle on Everybody in a quarter mile radius is coming in. They're flooding yeah. back because they want to fucking hear that guitar solo. You know that fucking dude. Best guitar solo from like two thousand one that could have existed was yeah. that guitar solo. Right. And, and it brings the people in. I love how stoked you are about this. That makes <laughs> me. Uh, I, I love how he just like brainstorms these ideas in the middle of this our is episode. Not the first like, episode he's done this in. First no, time he's done this. but the point <laughs> is, like, keep going. But you don't. Have I, I feel like we you need know, to take I'm a sold. vote. I feel like we need to take a vote on this right now and like pass it or yeah, like I'm, come back next week and try again. This is this is an Instagram live thing. He just needs to go on Instagram live on like <laughs> on the third day of the week, staring at the camera like fucking four. It's just going to a full TED talk about how the third song on every album on. On post-hardcore albums, it is arguably the worst song, but on emo pop-punk albums, it is arguably Dude, the better song. that is a dissertation. You could write 40 pages about that, take it to a college professor and say, suck it. 
and hand it to them, and they're going to be like, "You're not even enrolled in this college." Yeah, yeah. and that's the first thing they're going to say is, "You're like, sir, where did you come from, and why is this on computer paper from 1992?" Dude, but just see him walking up with like with the paper peeling it. Look on your face, they're like, "Oh shit, that's a manifesto. We're calling it an active shooter." That's actually what would really happen. They like they'd look at the first word on it, and they'd be like, "Yeah." That guy's crazy. Dude, you're just playing like Shark Attack. <laughs> Talking to the cops. Like, no, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. He's <laughs> just like, just dying on a hill. Dying on a hill. That's Tractor. it. Tractor. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for the transition. Where is it going, Tom? I don't know. Are we lighting the lamp during hockey season? <laughs> If I needed to, to think about a transition, I would have thought about one. But as soon as you said it out loud, it hurt me because I know that I didn't. But that's okay because I can think of one right now. Bronze Age. Bronze. Fuck those medals. Let's talk about gold medals, okay? So, uh, no, let's actually talk about the Canes season real quick. And we're going to have a lot more to say about this. But yeah. first of all, congratulations, yeah. Got out of the east. Ooh. Yeah, well, not yet. Not yet. Almost. Well, I we still got Toronto or Florida, which I mean. Well, you if you if you had Toronto, I got my be, Flanagan's Cup. That would be great. But yeah, South South, right South Floridians, man, they're just they just think they're the shit now. But oh, that's fine. I mean, they're the thing is, is like the funny thing is like if we play Toronto, like there are enough rich people in Toronto that like come to Raleigh to go to the games. Well, but, yeah, but Raleigh, you know, the, the Canes do that thing where they won't let people outside of the Raleigh zip code zip code buy tickets. Around for, it. No, for for yeah. South Florida, it was if you were outside, if you didn't have a zip code in the United States, you could not buy games. You could not yeah, buy yeah. tickets. To the game. Yeah, I don't know how people get around it because I mean, like you go to the games, especially like play the Islanders in the first round. I was at a, at, at those games, and it's just there's Islander fans everywhere. All right, so the thing that's different is those Islander fans live in Raleigh <laughs> and Charlotte. Because I, I no, as Mikey's the one that gets about there. I get, I'm the one that but gets his head out there. is about to explode to get to tell you about this. Go, go! No, I'm not even gonna do it, uh, dude. But if yes. you wonder that's why there's like an army of, of blue and orange at Canes games, it is Mikey. One hundred percent, it is Mikey. Are you an Islander fan? Yeah, so I, I run He's this thing the called Islander Fan Isles Meetups that we have God groups all Father. over the country, and uh, you know we have a group actually in Raleigh. They go to uh, My Way Tavern once a month for games. So it, it's really just transplants from Long Island that live in Raleigh, live in Charlotte, live in Winston Salem, and uh, like during the regular season, we have hundreds of people that sit together for those games. But yeah. then in the playoffs, they cut us off, like. They won't let us do groups, but you know they're still going to the games, and yeah, yeah. There, there's tons of Islander fans that that make it. But as you know, like pretty much all those Northeast teams, like when the Bruins play there, there's a tons of ton of Bruins fans there. Like Rangers play there, ton of so you know, I, I there's a reason why I moved to Charlotte. There's a reason why a lot of people moved to Raleigh. Like, yeah. it's a pretty sick place to live, and it's a. It, oh. About it's not five. as affordable as it used to be, but it's still better than New York and Long Island. Up until about five years ago, if any of the like major like franchises or original six teams came down and played, 
it was basically just a home game. I mean, we were terrible and people weren't buying tickets and you would go see the Bruins play in Raleigh and they're probably, if it was, you know, if we played Arizona, there's probably like eight or 10,000 people at the game. And if we play the Bruins, there's probably 15,000 people there and 12 and a half of them are Bruins fans. And it was, it was absolutely brutal to go to games back then because we were terrible. And then you go watch them just get smacked by, you know, a team like that. And they come in and just run us out of the building as fans too. And between the Penguins, the Rangers, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Islanders, it's just like uh, – you just kind of got to swallow your tongue and walk in there and watch hockey and then turn around and walk out. Um, but, you know, in the last five years we've been – a much better hockey team actually, you know, built a hockey team in a, in a city that embraces the team. And it's a lot of fun to go to games now, even, you know, a regular season game against somebody that's, a, you know, a bottom feeder in the league. You go in and there's a ton of Hurricanes fans and it's loud and it's, it's rowdy and it's a lot of fun to watch the guys go and play. Yeah, I well. agree. Like I, I was in the building, the not this last series, but the one before COVID. Mm-hmm. when you guys swept us and yeah. I was there game four when you swept us and my whole view of Kane's fans completely changed. Cause like it was so loud in that building. People were so aggressive mm. and like I started to legit hate Kane's fans. I was like, this shit sucked. <laughs> like fuck the Canes. Like I don't, I don't even hate the Ranger fans anymore. Like I hate Kane's fans so much. And like, it's good to see like hockey growing in non-traditional markets. Um, the only thing is like, you know, yeah, the Canes have been good for, you know, these past five years, every sport fan knows that those, those times don't always last. Like there's going to be some down times coming maybe in a couple of years. Are those fans going to stick around and stick with the team? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, and and going back to what you were saying, that game four when we swept the Islanders, that was like that time that like first year we made the playoffs, and that was like the pinnacle of my hockey, like going to like hockey Hurricanes memory. Maybe it's like we get in the first round, we go to Wash, we hadn't made the playoffs in like ten years, nine years. Go to Washington, lose two games in the first round, come back home, first time I'd ever been to a playoff hockey game. We win both games at home go back to Washington, lose, come back to Raleigh, win, go back for game seven, win in overtime, and then coming home and sweeping the Islanders in four. And I remember being at that game four, and it was just like – I think I cried. Like, I'm pretty sure I cried, I cried when we won, where I'm like, this makes the you know, last eight years of my life is just sitting here watching us absolutely fucking suck. feels so worth it, where it's just like – I think there's only two things that really give you that, and that's like music and sports, that like you can really embrace something that is so much bigger than you than make it feel like it's your own. You know, like we're sitting here talking about hockey teams of guys that we don't even know, like we're fucking in the locker room. You know what I mean? I think that's a a staple staple of of hockey fans. Hockey fans just are always like, are the we's. It's we, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But just like if you wanted to talk about craziness, just think of my lineage. And I can then speak for Mikey's lineage because we grew up around the same time. Mm-hmm. is that we had to stomach the 2000s Islanders, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a literal decade of shame. Yeah. Like you guys a literal decade of shame. And it's like when we finally broke that mold and, like, started putting together some winners and all this kind of stuff, it was, like, the most refreshing thing in the world because, number one, 
you finally got to stop hearing Ranger fans, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, it got to that climax when, you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, played the Kings with 2012, I think it was. And, you know, the Kings beat them. And then, you know, like even I backed off after that because I was like, that's heartache. You know, yeah. I mean, if we got to the cup finals and lost to a fucking shitbag West team, <laughs> you know, fucking Vegas. Yeah. You know, yeah. no way. No, thank you. But like. <laughs> I get it. But at the same time, that's the thing that made it feel so much better as an Islander fan when you finally got good and you finally, you know, had the, uh, the, the, the specters and all these people that, you know, are looking at, you know, the season and actually saying, Oh, we think the Islanders are going to come out of the East. And it's just like, Holy shit. You know, it's yeah. great to feel that, but like all things, of course it fades. And, yeah. uh, I was going to say too, like, you know, the hurricanes have had, they had a decade of, of shit too honestly yeah. i think right after they won the cup and the blackout happened like they it was what 10 or 11 years of just yeah slumping dude and nope. it was like 2017 is when he started seeing a pickup again with the mm. hurricanes mm. uh but even like going back to like what you guys were saying about you know the the attendance wasn't that great and like the home teams and you know it felt like you guys weren't the home team even though you were playing mm. at like pnc yeah. what's crazy is that that team, the Hurricanes, that franchise is the only Carolina North Carolina team to ever have an, an actual championship, like professional sports team. Yep. And people are so diehard about the Panthers. And like at the end of the day, man, like if you're looking at any type of like winning team or winning franchise, it's the Hurricanes in that state, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I know a ton of people from around here that drive to Charlotte on Sundays to go watch the Panthers play. You know, like they'll buy season tickets here and, and go watch the Panthers and could care less about hockey. And I know I don't really know anybody from the Charlotte like area that would buy season tickets to the Hurricanes and go see them. You know, even if it is like on the weekend, we'll go see the Hurricanes when they're at home. You know, obviously one week a month with football is completely different when you're playing two, three games a week with hockey. But I don't know that many people that come in from Charlotte to to see a Hurricanes game that are, like, committed to the team that are, like, an actual fan of the team. No, I, I think it really is, like, a Raleigh fan base. Yeah. And, like, the, those, like, you know, the the triangle. Like, yeah. It, it, that, that's the Hurricanes. And, you know, it, it is tough when there's down years because there's competition for, you know, college basketball, college football. Like, it, it, it it's still the South. Like Raleigh is very much a college, like, yeah. Sports. I would say North Carolina in general is a college sports state. Like everybody you know around here is like either a Duke fan, a Carolina fan, or a state fan, yeah. and or East Carolina yeah. fan. But I don't even really consider. They that. don't count. Um, but like everybody around here is is a state Carolina or Duke fan, and we'll like fight you to the death about yeah. why they love that team. But then when the Hurricanes are playing well. None of that matters. It's just like everybody's a Canes fan, and it's and really cool to see. The best part about the Hurricanes is their beer is so good. Yeah. That Storm Brew, yeah, it is probably one of the best. Like, <laughs> how the hell have you tried <laughs> it? Dude, every time we go to North Carolina, we buy a six pack, dude. We were pounding them before the Aberdeen not, show. Not better than Barn Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we we literally we bought a twelve pack of it at uh, Harris Teeter. And um, yeah, we went to that Aberdeen show. We were just pounding them back. It is one of the most drinkable 
yeah. beers. Yeah. That's like a, like a lager pilsner type of beer. It is so good. Yeah. It's I'm probably big... just Lion's Head. <laughs> I know it's better than Lion's Head. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they want you to think. It's still Lion's Head. <laughs> it's watered deli- down still reserve. <laughs> it's delicious, delicious watered down Lion's Head. From me to you. <laughs> But I wish all hockey teams did that. I mean, Toronto, all they got is John Tavares' shitty cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Banana flavored. Are they winning right now? Or are they about to get bounced? I think that the, I know that Florida went up in the in the first period. Florida was up until like literally a minute ago. Toronto wow. just tied it. So like who scored? Was it Mitch Marner? It probably was that Nylander. Isn't it so much worse? Was it who, who was it? Nylander. I was Neilander. He's a wiener too. It's so much worse. <laughs> all right at home instead of just getting swept in Florida. Do you know like, what's awful is that I had to Google the Florida Panthers and I pulled up an actual fucking wildcat. That's what's always <laughs> not come even up the first. team because it's always a problem in Florida. <laughs> like you're always getting the red alert first. It's like. Oh, you Googled Florida Panther, red alert. Like the Panther that's closest to you is not attacking you. Like, don't worry. Now to the now to the hockey. Wait, there's legit still Florida Panthers. I thought they were all gone. No, oh, they're man. endangered, dude. They're still they're they're basically cougars, pumas, yeah. mountain lions, they're all the same shit. This if they're Cougar in Florida, in the car, it's a Florida buddy. Panther. Damn, that's crazy. And if they're in Miami, they're just 50 years old. And looking for a good time. <laughs> That's that, that's a badum tiss, you know. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, Florida Panthers and Florida Cougars. We should, uh... Isn't that so much worse for like Toronto and Toronto fans? So that if they win game four in, in Florida, go back to Toronto just to get beat in front of their home fans tonight. I kind of hope that happens. I, I hope I, it happens too. Not, but it's go back to Florida. Anything and I like I'm there's part of me that wants to pull for, for Florida with like as many ex hurricanes as they have on the team. <laughs> with Eric being on the team and Mark both like and I, I, I wish that Eric would have come back to Raleigh at some point and kind of had his farewell tour but it's awesome to see him still playing hockey mm. and I would love to see him come back to Raleigh next round and get absolutely fucking smoked did you guys <laughs> ever get the chance to see the stall mom the stall mom yeah Eric Stahl's mom or the stall brothers moms mm, I don't think I've ever met their parents at all so uh I, I used to work for Vans years ago. We opened the store in Raleigh and she came out to an event and you knew who she was because at the time, like she had a, a jer- two jerseys sewn into one yeah. and it was the, a Pittsburgh Jersey and a Carolina Jersey. And, and on the back, it just said stall, but it was like split perfectly for the letters. And she, she would just wear that around and go to yeah. Vans events. Yeah, she would yeah. just go around because she was just promoting her. Give her me boys. free Vans. All four kids and fucking the pros, basically. She sounds yeah. terrible. I had these three motherfuckers. <laughs> four, technically. I was at the game that they, they could have been their own front line. <laughs> Give me free Vans, please. Jordan and Eric. And they had all three Saul brothers on the top line that one night. And I don't, I don't think that they played New York that night when Mark was still playing with, with New York, but they had all three Saul brothers on their top line one night. And then the like right after that uh, training camp, they had like a preseason game, like the red and black game, and and Jared got in a fight with Tim Gleason, and then they released him like the next day. 
like in a pre like in, a, in an intramural like scrimmage it's kind of show the, the <laughs> only thing i hate more than having all stall brothers on the same line are the sedines oh god <laughs> Dude, i'm not a like I'm, seeing how vancouver treated them after they lost the Bruins in that Stanley Cup made me like hate the Vancouver Canucks like fan base. Like it was just like they, I mean, the Canucks have been bad for a long time, and then like Steve, yeah, the reception they got after that were like fault and clawed, and then Tim Thomas does Tim Thomas in the in the, in the cup, and yeah, I don't know. I, I've always had like a shit, like a weird feeling towards the the Canucks fan base after that. Well, every time they lose the Stanley Cup, they burn down the whole city. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like that was that was the second time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. Insane. It, it was insane to me to see that. Like, yeah, it's like I don't know. It just felt like they were children. Where you just like take something away from them, and they just like poof and throw it at you. Well, was it 90, 95 when the Rangers won to beat the Canucks? Ninety five or ninety six. That was the year that Messier went absolutely nuts in the playoffs. Yeah, watch that. Those riots. They were flipping cop cars and setting them on fire. It was disgusting. But then you realize they all have universal health insurance, and you can do stupid things like this. <laughs> Even though it'll take you nine months to get your broken arm set. <laughs> At least they don't have to pay six thousand yeah, sixty thousand dollars. You don't have to pay like six thousand dollars per crack. Your arm will just look like this for another <sighs> eight months. I think that's what the Canadians hope. Like I think the Canadians are just generally hoping, like, well, you know, it's not too bad, eh? You know, it's just as like his elbow is out of place a little bit, eh? So uh, you know. Uh, he'll never go to the doctor, and like most of these guys, like they're not never gonna go to the doctor because like Canada is one of those places that, like, believe it or not, a lot of that area is still mostly like weird sheep herders and like fucking cattle wranglers and shit. It's just like that is like the wild, wild west up there with some of them, some of them prairie Canadians. Yeah, I was just say, saying, Kyle from Crease World is building a hockey rink out in the middle of yeah, nowhere. who does that? In the, of of in the middle Breakdown. of an episode of in the middle of an episode of Barton Breakdown, they're building a hockey rink. Like who? You can like, hear the 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 song. Like who does forth. that? And like Canadians. And why would you put yourself on film doing that? <laughs> maniac Canadian fucking maniac. No way. But we we we're having a blast. But we do. Uh, have to fill you in on, on our homies <laughs> DraftKings real quick. So light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets, bonus bets instantly. So we're waiting on the, the finish of the Panthers and Maple Leafs game, and we're hoping for a great Panthers and Kane series to throw down some money with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.com. Or in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 867-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. 
All right. Are we going yeah. right into it? Let's, Let's face it, guys. With coffee, fucking ad read. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. <laughs> but let's face it, guys. With coffee starting at five dollars, yeah, and that's without all the laundry list of things that you add to it, and our bank account somehow always depleting. We're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but they're priced completely different just because they got the name of some hip hop artist in the nineties. <laughs> so. A good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want it without taking without breaking the bank or taking a break because they have such a long battery life. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and another for your au pair and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big name tech companies out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay now later options. And right now you could pay as low as $18 at checkout. They even have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance just for a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee for international shipping. And they have over 50,000 uh, five-star reviews, including some of their you know obvious additional features that include noise isolation, uh, three customizable sound profiles so you can listen to your emo, your post-hardcore, and your death metal all in different equalizations. And they're even water-resistant. So when you're at that show and you don't want to listen to that one band that's playing, and you're sweating, they don't fall out of your ears. Go buy Raycons. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today. That is slash THPN today to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Mikey has them. He loves them. What's your favorite thing don't. about your? <laughs> I, I no, I I do love them, but I don't own them because they're my wife's. But she <laughs> says that they sound great and they're super comfortable. So use that code THPN, baby. The Ryan household owns a pair. The Ryan household. And she doesn't approved. let me use good ones. As you can see, I'm using these Apple <laughs> earbuds. The free ones. <laughs> the free ones. But uh, before we dive into a little more Bronze Age. I just have one more Canes question. You know, th this past season, you guys had your Winter Classic game or the, the Stadium Series game. Yeah. W were you able to attend it? Yeah, that was the longest day of my life. Absolutely. Let's hear it. So oh, so <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, no, so uh, me and my, so we were season ticket holders. My dad was able to get season uh, six tickets. So, uh, me and my buddy went, uh, Chris Roy, shout out to him. Um, and then my sister and her husband went and my mom and my dad went and we, the gates opened at like two o'clock. Me and him just went and got his girlfriend to drop us off. We had like a case of beer apiece, walked into the parking lot and just kind of started hanging out. We both took an Adderall before we got there and like, shit, you know, dude, we probably crushed nowhere between anywhere between like 20 to 25 beers while we were there the whole day. Like it was unbelievable. And, um, my parents got there like at one thirty to park and they didn't get parked until probably like five o'clock. Jeez. Sat on the interstate for the ever, basically. Um, 
but everybody got part. My sister was able to get in. We all hung out and just, it was awesome seeing like all the festivities and all the, it was, I've never seen that many people at a hockey game ever or really anything, maybe like a Panthers game, but it's such a smaller like uh, setting that like having that many people crammed in together. Uh, but we were able to get in and watch the game and we sat like lower level kind of out like in the corner behind the goalie. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. It was so much fun, especially beating the Capitals the way we did. It was an absolute blast. I hope they do it again somewhere. It's it's one of the things I would definitely drive for. Like it's such an experience that if your team plays an outdoor game, don't think about it. Just go. It is amazing. Yeah, it, it sounds like traffic on like uh the state fair days like i remember one season the islanders and the canes had the season opener the same weekend as the state fair opener yeah. and tra- because like it, it the 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 fairgrounds the co- the college stadium and pnc arena are all there together all like in a mile radius yeah Dude, traffic was a nightmare. Like so many people, just like your parents, were trying to get to the tailgate at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game, yep. and barely made puck drop just because it was crawling that bad. Yeah, if you can imagine that times like a million, I would say that's what the outdoor game was like. It was like I know people that sat out on the side of the road for like between five and seven hours to get in, and it was just. I crazy. Don't know how they dealt with it. Like I know my dad. My, my dad's the least impatient person I've ever met in my entire life. And like my, my mom was telling me when they parked, he was like, "Your dad's pretty much settled it. Like we're not gonna see the game. We're gonna just come in, turn around, and go home. He's canceling his tickets for next year. Fuck that. <laughs> Never wants to come back ever again. They did this so poorly. And you know, once he gets sat down and has like a beer, he's fine. But just like anything, yeah, it was it was a it was atrocious. But it was. I mean, you kind of almost have to expect it with the way that they had it set up where you got a college and then like on the fairgrounds, even when the fairs not happening, they still have like events and stuff going out there in those buildings. So like the fairgrounds, the college and the stadium all share the same parking. Yep. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, Carolina getting and ha- and pulling it off, like, you know, cause it's, it's not necessarily cold in the wintertime here in the Carolinas Yeah, is just going to open up, you know, paths for other, you know, Southern teams to maybe get one. Like, I mean, Florida's supposed to be next. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to pull that off, but like, they're going to be at Raymond James or hard rock. So we'll see. Jeez. That that's bonkers to me to think like an outdoor game in Florida, but they did it in LA at Dodger <laughs> stadium. But, but LA doesn't get like too hot. Like LA is like yeah. always like 80 degrees. If they did like a Tampa, Florida outdoor game that y'all might could fill up like half the fucking stadium. That'd be insane. We could no. I Taylor Swift I, just packed out Raymond James. I don't know. I don't know if the lightning are going to be able to do it. They would. They, Lightning, Lightning and Panther fans, 100%. It would be big enough that it would be like absolutely. Yeah, because they, they've sold out football stadiums before, like Buffalo. Like a lot of the original stadium series ones happened in NFL arenas. Yeah. No, no, I, I mean think... specifically the, the Lightning like fan base and the Panthers fan base. 
I know a lot of people that went to the stadium series that were fans of like other hockey, other teams, Ranger fans and Penguin fans, like transplants to come down here. That yeah, to- like to be honest with you, like I would like if they announced like it at Raymond James, like I would try to get tickets and I would like go on on my Islander shit, you know, like yeah, be the odd man out, just like you know, not like not caring, but like I'd be one of those people who would just come just because they're a hockey fan. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's- seeing how the ice holds up in. Tampa, Florida. And it's like it's it's almost like a religious experience. It's like seeing the game played in that big of a setting. And mm-hmm. until you see it, I don't think you really can understand it. But it was like yeah, just the appreciation for the game and then seeing it on that level was very eye opening for sure. You know, I watched so much hockey when I was growing up and um watched so much baseball from like one part of the stadium. Yeah. Um where like the first time I had ever gone to like a football game, like in my adult life, like I was like, like brought back by like the enormity of it. Like I was like, Holy shit. Like this is insane. And like, you're just not used to it. And you're right. Like seeing that enormity, like with something you love, that's like a little baby to you, like hockey. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up, man. Let's do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's 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 cool. Like when I first started going to Hurricanes games, I was the only person I knew that liked hockey. Like me and my my dad had season tickets to the Ice Caps growing up, which was like the first hockey team in in the Triangle area. And then uh-huh. when I, like I got a little bit older, like it was baseball, football, basketball for me. Growing mm-hmm. up. Now it's funny like seeing so many friends of mine that like I didn't like take the games or anything, just get mm-hmm. into hockey. And then yeah. we all, like, share that together. We're like, we'll get together and watch hockey games. And, and it's fun to like see everybody find it in their own way. But yeah, of course, you know, like 10 years ago, where it's like, I was, you know, watching a hockey game and everybody's like, why do you care about that? And I'm like, I really mm-hmm. don't fucking. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's just depressing to, as shit to watch right now. Like maybe we win tonight. And if I do, like there's, I'm not going to feel that good about it. Yeah. I feel like 25 points out of a playoff spot, but watching it grow and, and become what it is now is, is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm so many people that care about it yeah of course it's crazy to see amen well it'd be cool too because this is the first time you'll get a new pennant in the stadium i mean whether or not they go to the stanley cup or not like you guys are gonna get a first pennant for winning the metropolitan for the first time ever this season yeah well we won it last year and this year yeah and it was this year only do i know no i i I totally forgot what year it was i was like looking up like this the stats really quick Totally yeah, forgot what year it was. That's why you shouldn't do research. Just wait I know, right? and make shit up. <laughs> yeah, just make shit up. Yeah, no, nah, it works. It works really well for me. Yeah, Tom <laughs> made up a whole entire roster. <laughs> yeah, I did. The dude from Judah great. and the Lion. Like we, we were totally out of our element talking to Judah and the Lion in the first place, and yeah. then Tom just made up literally the entire roster of Colorado. And the, the guy was just like so nice, and he was just like. Yeah, those guys aren't on our team. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, was bad. it was bad news. It was bad. He, was like looking, was like... he literally was looking at someone's like Yahoo fantasy hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. Though. Yeah, I was on... Ever since then, we don't do research. <laughs> no, I was on cap friendly. I was on cap friendly. And somehow, instead of clicking on the avalanche, I clicked on like avalanche, like. 2023 draft if I drafted and like that's why I was like oh good and you have like Nemestikov and Spolestikov and he was like no 
Not them, though. And I was like, fuck. What am I going to do? What am I going to do now? But we recovered. We did all right. <laughs> we did all right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we need to have a list of rules for this show. Nope. <laughs> Never. But, uh, boys, I, I do, before we let you go, want to talk a little bit about Bar Down Breakfast. Um, to be completely transparent, like, you guys came on to my radar because of the festival and have instantly become like one of the bands I'm most excited to see. So like, I guess fill me in on your relationship with like Christian. Cause I know that you guys went through Christian and then the Seneca boys, like yeah. did, have you played a bunch of shows with them in the past? And like when he reached out to you, it was a no brainer kind of deal. Yeah. I'm, I don't think we've played like a, a super huge amount with those guys, but only two or three shows. Two or three, but uh, we did uh, Milestone with them. Uh, I think that was family, right? Welcome to Family Fest. Yeah. It was the first time, I think. And then we did Winston-Salem with them mm. at that fucking free bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I I opened uh, a show by myself, acoustic, for them like a couple of weeks ago uh, at the poorhouse here. And uh, yeah, I mean, they... I don't remember getting hit up to play it, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. Like, I guess, just, oh, by the way, you guys are playing it. <laughs> They're just put on the flyer. We've gone through a member change in like the last couple of weeks. And we're sorting all that out, and then just like let's shut it down, let's figure it out, and like you know, we'll be back on the road in no time. And I woke up, and it was like bar down breakdown tagged in a post. Or something, and I open it. It's just a lineup. Oh, we're on the lineup. I texted Justin. Hey, did you confirm this show in June? He's like, No, I thought you did. And I was like, We're just on this flyer. Classic. He said, She said. Christian. I found out Christian was was involved with it, and I hit up Christian. I was like, Hey, did who confirmed this? He's like Jesse. I was like, When when did you say that? He's like, Oh, last time I talked to you guys when we played together, Jesse said y'all are good for it. I was like. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sounds good. Can we use this tactic for year three? Just like put like fucking taking back Sunday playing yep. Long Island. Yeah, let's break throw, three. Like, yeah, year three <laughs> with throwing. They have to show yeah. up and play it. I mean, imagine still- that like Adam Lazard just being like, ugh. Like, I guess we gotta play, gotta play it. And they like, put us like, on there. Kind of like stumbles up and all sad and stuff. And he's but, like, like specifically, we put like, we put like the like. Decade under the influence, make damn sure lineup taking back Sunday. So like Fred Maraschino gets the notification. Oh, I guess I gotta do it. Yep, he like flies <laughs> in. Fly. Poor guy, and he's like, "Well, I'm yeah. here now." Yeah, we're the, the one the color so... Fred. It's taking it was, back Sunday. It was just one of the shows we wanted to play. Yeah, and then, yeah. like knowing that you guys just took care of all that for us was very, very thoughtful. Yeah, we took care of putting your name on the flyer and notifying you, too. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're playing, but no, nah, no, nah, I mean, it's a ton of great bands, so I was like, I was like, fuck it, man. If we said yes or no, we're definitely saying no on the fucking flyer. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like if Frontside said you were a good band, like we just automatically started tagging you and shit. Walt being super weird, just being like, you know, it's cool, lizards and shit. And you're like, oh, great. Gotta <laughs> tag lizards and shit now. Dude, just put them on the show. <laughs> I gotta tag lizards and shit. 
dude, just dude, do it. Dude, what are you talking about? Dude, just <laughs> what are you talking about? Know a lot. Know a lot. What a guy. That's so like we had Walt on very, very early in Bar Down Breakdown when Devin, who's like the most Long Island dude ever, <laughs> was also our co-host. <laughs> and for like the first 20 minutes, Walt's talking and Devin texts me and he just goes, dude, I can't understand what this dude is saying. Because <laughs> he's like so Long Island and had like never spent any time in the South. And he was just like, <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Like, I'm. I truly don't know what this man is saying. <laughs> that was the the same thing happened to Walt with uh with with our drummer Tony. Because I have to be very specific with the Tonys. You guys will find out in June. Um. So our the drummer Tony he 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 goes up he he goes up to Walt. And he goes, Hey man, uh, you know, thanks for being such a good sport. Walt's like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Well, because um. You know, everyone's like making fun of the way that you play. You say Miller White, and you know, thanks for just being a good sport and going around with it. And he goes, "That's a fucking joke." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "I just say it like that because it's funny." And Tony loses it because <laughs> he thought that we were making fun of him. Yeah, and no, like we were in on like the whole joke the entire time because he was just every time we would ask him like, "Hey, what? What are you drink?" He'd be like, "Miller White." So that was just the whole joke. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it just the whole he the way he ran with the bit and Tony had no idea what was going on until he asked him and he was just being so genuine about it. That's a fucking joke. <laughs> hey, when, when we were in the studio working with him, I I like developed the ability to like talk just like him. Like everybody in the band was like, You sound just fucking I can't do it anymore, I haven't done it in years. But they were like, Dude, you sound just fucking like it. Like do it in front of like talk to him like that and see what he says. He like came outside at one point, and I was like smoking a cigarette. And he walked over to me, he asked me a question, and I responded to him in his voice. And he just turned around, and looked at me, and he's like, "Is that what you think I sound like?" <laughs> that's it. Everybody in the band, everybody in the band's like, "Dude, that's exactly what you sound like." <laughs> he's like, "You ain't smoking enough Marlboro Reds to sound like me." <laughs> sounds good. Dude, I I want I I we tried the entire tour to try to get him to do like trucker talk, like if he was talking in the on the intercom, just because yeah. like he we found out he was he was like an over off road truck not <laughs> actual yeah. career. Yeah. yeah, he was a fucking truck driver, dude. Can you imagine that breaker breaker turn four just like <laughs> yeah. like dude? I wanted him to say something like that so bad, and, and we just never were able to get him to do it. So I'm gonna try to get him to do it at the milestone. Dude, I told him I, I told him one time I was like I wouldn't pay any amount of money to be like sitting shotgun in your truck. And just watch you have like an old shit moment coming down a mountain, and just have to like downshift real quick oh, and just see what you react like in real time, like how you actually do that, what you actually say. Now he's hand wiring amplifiers. Yeah. <laughs> scary. Yeah. I, I think that's scarier than than cross country truck driving, honestly. Because I don't know. I kind of wanted to build me a fucking amp. I think it was those scary. capacitors. If you, if you, oh man, those things can kill you, man. That thing, yeah, that'll actually kill you. That'll, that'll actually I'm kill you. Yeah, like a couple of times. I'm like, dude, fuck. You know? All right. Well, now that we got it out of the way that you guys are indeed playing Bar Down Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> 
let, let, let's just ch- chat about um, – At the very least, we'll be there to DJ track we'll reset. There. We'll yeah. just play the song on our record and let it fly. Yeah. That'll be the you guys – you know, it's really funny. You guys are looking at Mikey right now thinking he's having like a grand old time. In his mind, he is furious. <laughs> he's furious that this announcement of you guys being on Bar Down Breakdown Fest – didn't go exactly how he wanted it to go. <laughs> Dude, he yeah. is internally furious. I'm right also now. just wondering what other bands we've been tagging for like the past <laughs> two months. Dude, three months I, that so are I like, would laugh so of- hard if, if Neverhome just didn't even know that they were having a reunion show. They just <laughs> <laughs> A mix of internal fury and internal panic because like half of Mikey's just like, oh no, did I literally just start tagging bands and none of them know that they're supposed is, to play? Is oh my way God, actually gonna play I'm going to die. And like the other half is just time. like... Only at a time shows up. I'm the only at... This is us instead of Burns. Put them on a flyer, dude. Fuck it. Yeah. Listen, as long as you can just play like a full cover of Emery songs, then you're fine. Yeah, we, we might, might figure out one. We might so do that. Let's do Ponytail Parade. It's one of the long ones. Let's get it. We'll do something off the new record that nobody knows. Yeah. Right? Like, we'll just oh, so everyone thinks that like it might be your song, but like yeah. isn't sure. <laughs> new one. You ever you ever done that? You ever like been to a show and you're watching a band and like they play a cover, but they don't say that they're playing a cover, and like you're like, Oh, I think I recognize that song, but like you don't you aren't sure and then they like play their own original and then it's like lost forever has that ever happened to you oh welcome to an out of time show (laughs) (laughs) there's there's one band locally i won't say their name but there's one band locally that i've seen two or three times and i shit you not there's like five or six songs in their set that are straight up covers they steal like everything and change the lyrics like same same everything and i'm hearing it i'm like singing a different song in my head but i'm like that's not what he's saying and I think they might be like doing a play out, but like, yeah, we wrote that one. I'm like, are you fucking joking or are you being serious? Because it's funny if you're joking, like it's hilarious. But they're like, I, dead serious about it. Like they're like, we heard this song, we thought it was cool, so we just did it our way. And I'm like, yeah. no, you just did that. Song. I had new lyrics. <laughs> I had a friend that did that. He he goes, dude, I we, we wrote like the best acoustic song ever. And I go, yeah. And I'm, he's like, I was like, send it to me. And he sends it to me. And I was like, I'm, I'm humming it in my head. I'm just like, I'm like, I know this song. And it was fucking Jumper by Third Eye Blind. <laughs> and I called I called him out on it. I go, dude, you fucking, you, like, that is 100% a Third Eye Blind song. He goes, no, dude, it wasn't. I go, where did you come up with the idea? He goes, oh, <laughs> we were just jamming it. I go, no, no, no. What were you watching? Like, you were watching a movie or something. He goes, oh, we were watching Yes Man. And I go, oh, yeah, the part where Jim Carrey is singing Jumper to the guy that's going to jump off the roof? <laughs> yeah, you definitely took Jumper from that song. Dude, yep. the chord progression, the, the melodies, everything was Jumper. And I'm like, oh, God. So I don't trust people anymore. Fuck it, man. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it and just start watching Jim Carrey movies. Fuck, man. Writing records is fucking hard. I think like if you and thanks for checking out Spitting Chicklets. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> if you if you say that you are gonna be like a heel band, like specifically like made of bad guys, yeah. like then you should be able to steal music from people as much as you want. Because like, yeah. would it not be funny if like the band that opened up Bar Down Breakdown Fest just played like one of each band's song? Like I would love, yeah, that. and like totally yeah. stole your fire, like yeah, yeah, like all the, the hits. Like when we open up for a national, I always want to cover yeah. their biggest song. In my head, I'm like, 
how mad would like what would they actually do if we what just played do? like if we open up for taking back Sunday, we just played make damn sure. Like, thank you guys for coming out. You might know this one, and we just <laughs> play into it. And they're like, yo, like, what the fuck? I can't do this. I like, know. How funny. Secretly, that's literally like walking to the ring to face Hulk Hogan and wearing yellow and red. That's like, yeah. bro, you're going to get fucking smashed. He's going to be living. No, no. My dream, though, is to, is to open for Newfound Glory and close our set with my friends over you. 100 percent. Do you know how like okay, one one it would be it would be one of the greatest bits ever pulled. You get so much heat, dude. But two, oh my god, we would we would never play a show ever again. No. Nope. That no. Nope. And people would ask us, like, oh, what happened? Oh, well, we we closed our set with my friends over <laughs> you. Oh, why? Well, it was a newfound glory headliner. <laughs> and Jordan got super mad and he like told all the Florida promoters. Came out on that he'll stage we were really excited about him and he punched Mike in the face. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? If Mike got punched in the face by Jordan, he'd get that black eye tattooed on him. He already has a tattoo by Jordan. No, but like, dude, if he got a black eye, like he would, you know, he'd be like, that'd be his only face tattoo. Yeah, but like, oh, I just knocked my headphones back. Well, guys, it's getting pretty late. <laughs> blah blah. No, uh, thank you so much for for actually being with us and hanging with us. And uh, I have uh, one more quick question for you just about uh you know some of the new music you've been writing so um uh, you, you can kind of tell like from when i started this conversation i just love hearing about like inspirations and beginnings and stuff like that so um for like the new music that you're writing um do you have like a vision for how you're gonna present it are you gonna present it as like a like one collection of music or like singles or something like that and and um, where do you find yourselves taking inspiration from it now, uh, the way you guys are writing now? Um, so throughout our entire uh, career as a band, we've done nothing but really singles. We we did an EP that was supposed to release, and then COVID hit. Mm. And we ended up doing it as nothing but just a, a of singles. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the industry is going really towards like single mentality stuff. But I also think that on that, on that other, like that other side of, of like the thought process that I'm like, yeah, well, everyone's doing singles, but like, you know, records are still like, to me, an important thing in music. Like I could, like when, when Alexis on fire put out the otherness, like I couldn't wait to go like listen to it and go buy the vinyl and like have it in my hands same with like thrice and stuff like that like i mean i'm older though so like for me it's like still that thought of like when i was a kid getting my allowance going to the fucking record store and figuring out like what i was going to spend my fucking ten dollars on like Mm -hmm. which i was going to get this week and i think that music is turning in my head at least i think that it's turning to a place where records are going to become important again for that reason because there's so much fucking music being pumped out into the world that you can only attach to something so much emotionally if you're yeah. getting rapid fucking speed mm-hmm. but if you put out a record that has a sentimental value like we you know we went to a fucking the studio or a fucking cabin or whatever and we wrote a record in that moment how we felt in that exact moment mm-hmm. 
and we put out two or three singles and we do it old school and then we drop a fucking record and give something to people that means something that they can hang on to that they can hold with their hands put in their car put on their fucking record player like pedestal display thing or whatever like in my head that makes fucking sense so i want to write a record um but i think it's really like right now we're just like trying to figure out what is the best way to do it but i mm-hmm. want to write a fucking record yeah. yeah so that that's my thought process i want to give something to people that it gives them some type of like i want people to feel involved like emotionally attached to something i guess you'd say like i'm emotionally fucking attached to alexis mm-hmm. yeah like, sure and is like it's a part of me i mean i have tattoos on my body that, mm-hmm. and like that band is a part of me. and i think that's the thing that like a lot of people don't i can ramble about this forever so sorry but um, <laughs> it's great i i think a lot of people in this day and age have really forgot what it's like to love a band and not just love like a release or a single and love like what's happening at that moment. Like I mm-hmm. want a band that people remember yeah. what it's like to love a band to be like, no, that band's dropping a record. I can't fucking wait. I know the date it's in my phone on my calendar mm-hmm. or wherever I can to get it. Cause like this band is a part of me. Like I want it to be more a part of them as much a part of them as it is like a part of us. If that sure. makes sense, you know? Yeah, no, that, that makes plenty of sense. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, uh, you know, when you're talking about how, you know, a lot of listeners have moved away from listening to, you know, entire records and, you know, entire like cohesive pieces of music yeah. to a lot of singles and stuff like that. And it's kind of transforming the way people are listening to music again. It's almost like... um you know, back in the back in like the the fifties and sixties, when you know everything that came out was, you know, a, you heard it on the radio, and then you went out and bought the single, and it maybe had a B side, and oh, yeah. you know maybe you listened to that B side a little bit, but you just wore that A side out, and yeah. um, you know I think that's the way it was then, and you know even you know when the Beatles were putting out full length records, I think that was still a little bit alien to people just because people were still expecting the, those singles and stuff. So yeah, yeah. now, you know, the world transitioned through the sixties and the seventies through, uh, you know, a lot of rock and roll artistry, you know, bands like, you know, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Genesis and all that kind of stuff where it was like art now. So everything was presented in an album, you know, dark side of the moon and uh, you know, Led Zeppelin two and Led Zeppelin four and all that kind of stuff that was presented as like one big piece of art. And then you moved into pop bands in the nineties and then things started getting segmented again, where, you know, there was grunge that was still presented as art, but there was pop music that was all singles and, you know, bubblegum stuff. And then they put out that weird, like tiny little tiny cassette player. If you remember that played like 30 seconds seconds of like a a really scratchy, terrible single. And, but like you listened to it because it was the Spice Girls or some shit. Like music really is cyclical and it's funny like that. but. But the, yeah, the Fushu Mang, great record. Yeah. Love that shit. Um, if I could own every record, I would. Like yeah. Matt fucking Pinfield probably does. Like he probably owns every record. Yeah, 100%. Um, I like. I don't know. Like, I wish I had Matt Pinfield money so I could just have every record. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like, I, I think it's like, if people talked about it more, and like, I think just 
let people remember what that was like. I mean, like when you know, like I always think about like another like huge band for me is like Say What's Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when sure. they self-titled, God, yeah. I had to buy fucking four of those fucking CDs because it <laughs> never left my fucking car, and it just spun in that motherfucker, mm-hmm. ruined that fucking CD four, oh, yeah. four fucking times. And I still mm-hmm. have all four of them, and I have all the DVDs, and I have all the shit because when you discover, you know, music like like that, for me, like that's the dream. Like mm-hmm. you want to discover your yeah of course for themselves and and own it in their own way you know what i mean like and i think that you know singles are cool and i love when bands drop singles and i think that's great too Mm -hmm. but i think or i hope i guess you should you that i could say i guess i hope that like the world will turn back to a time where those things meant something to like hold in your hand yeah you know like i think that's so cool and you know when you think about alternative music like the other half of it is going to shows and how many kids are going out to see bands after a single or two like you're you're not going out and really getting involved in your local scene if a band's not putting out albums yeah yeah and and i i go through stages where i'm like oh you know it's smart this band is releasing just a bunch of singles and they're getting all these like spotify streams and then i'm like yeah but no one's going to their shows. Like what, what, what's the point then? If you're just like internet popular, like yeah. that, that's not what this music scene's about. The only thing the industry cares about is how many, how many butts can you put in seats? You can yeah. have 10 million album streams. That's amazing. Like the yeah. check from Spotify looks great, whatever. But then you go play a show in your hometown and there's nobody that shows up. And it's yep. like, I will take any day of the week having absolutely zero like recognition online or anything, but just get in a van, drive across the country, play a show, and there's people that give a shit yeah. watching you play yeah. music. Like that's, I'll, I will trade that out for any type of notoriety any day because yeah. it's just like when you when you want when when you start playing music, that's that's what you want to do is you want to get out and go play music. You don't really give a shit about your friends telling you you're cool. I mean, it feels, but like. That's not why you do what you do if you're yep. doing it. And, and I feel like that's lost on a lot of people nowadays where mm-hmm. it's just like they try, they fail, and then they do what they think is easiest to, to be popular. So that when mm-hmm. they were a buddy they went to high school with, he's like, hey, what are you doing nowadays? And I'm like, oh, I'm you know, this pop artist that mm-hmm. writes songs about who God knows who what, who cares. And, and they think it's cool because they showed it to their girlfriend and now they think it's fun. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, it, it, not taking anything away from anyone that does that because there are a lot of incredible artists that do do that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's just like I, I don't know. It just seems like it's lost on on a lot of people to like, like what you were saying earlier. I remember growing up, turning sixteen, going to shows. I would go see a band. I would buy their CD and listen yep. to it in my CD player because that's the only way I could listen to it. Yep. I could like download it to my iPod, but I couldn't ride around with my iPod in and like listen to music. I had to yeah. buy the CD and play it. And I was like, you would listen to the whole album. Yeah. And that's completely, I mean, it's not that long ago. I mean, it's 10 years ago for me, basically. But like, it's it's almost law in 10 years. It's completely flip-flopped. Well, to be honest, like, my wife has a newer car. She doesn't even have a CD player. CD player. No, yeah, absolutely. I don't have one of mine. Yeah. It's and like, I mean, I get it. But like, at the same point, like, um, 
I, I don't, it's just weird. Like we, like recently, like five or six years ago, we went and bought fucking, um, stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. We went and bought a stick to your guns CD and rode around in his fucking blue car and just wore that motherfucker out. dude. <laughs> Old yeah. fucking rock dudes. Right. I had a cardboard box full of CDs. It was awesome. In the back seat of my car until probably four or five years ago. And it was like, yeah. I would get in the car and pull out like three or four that I wanted to listen to. And put them in the passenger seat, and then like mm-hmm. every someone I like pull it out, put another one in, or I'd like make mixed. Like I still have CDs that I made when I was a kid that was like, yep. basically it's Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, throw it. Uh, yeah, man. When I first met Mike, uh, the singer of Out of Time, years ago, um, we were—I forgot where we were going. I think we were going to like one of the theme parks or something in Orlando. And uh, he opens the back seat of my car, and on the floor is a twenty-four. Uh, CD sleeve like case like the booklet cases but it was uh disturbed yeah so it was like all black and it had like the like the face of the the smiley face like on the front and the back yeah mike saw that and he goes no and he starts laughing like crying laughing and i was like why what's wrong he goes that's the fucking coolest thing i've ever seen and i go <laughs> and i go oh open it really quick and then the first cd in there was break stuff by limp biscuit oh, yeah. lost oh, his yeah. mind oh, they're so bad at it. Dude, <laughs> we tour in that's sitting in the driveway right now you know there's one of those black books that's got like a million cds in it and we have like every nail that's what you call music in there and it's just like, what year do you want to go back in time to? Let's just throw that in and listen to like everything that was cool in 2007. Listen, I I, I got to tell you before we go, I'm gonna have Mikey tell this story real briefly. <laughs> but Mikey and I have you beat, uh, and it involves Kids uh, Bop. listening to an, an under oath CD uh. and some hijinks. Do you want to discuss those hijinks real quick? Well, that that was kind of the the CD that was just burning through my my car stereo when we were in high school like that that album came out when what 2004 when yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was our, like 2004 2005 was our senior year of high school mm-hmm. and like that cd did not leave my my car stereo yeah. and uh we did this like tom no one even understands this but like something that was like kind of important at our high school was like our school variety show like a talent show yeah. and we had mcs and tom and i were one of the mcs and for some reason we did like snl skits like <laughs> that we recorded and would like play in between acts that we introduced That's sick. and what was the show that was going on at that time like it was like carpool karaoke but like you know, like that. What's a British guy that does it now? Yeah, but it was like the version of that, bef- like fifteen years before he did it, and we like wanted to like make our own version of that, but like a scene kid version. Like, what would scene kids do if they were on carpool karaoke? Yeah. And like, what would they do listening to their only chase and safety? Like. That's hilarious. We're literally having like a mosh pit in my Jeep Wrangler and <laughs> it got out of hand. Like there, there was a windshield that was broken and <laughs> a guitar that we stole from the high school that was broken. It, it was, uh, it was an interesting video. We, I wish we could find it. Yeah, that, that reminds <laughs> real quick. Like me and my friends that I grew up playing in a band with, we do like this thing called like drive, drive 
drive-by hardcore dancing. Yeah, drive-by breakdown. Saw it on like YouTube. We're like, let's do that. And we like pull up in the middle of the town, like in the dead in the center of the town, where like the post office and the grocery store, all that shit is. There's like maybe a hundred people out there, old people doing what old people do, you know, trying to breathe. Sure. And we like pull up in this blue Ford Taurus and just put on like like uh, what was the name? As blood comes cleansing, and like uh-huh. loud as we can. And get out of the car. And my buddy jumps out of the passenger seat and just like Sparta kicks his door and just leaves the biggest dent in the fucking passenger seat door I've ever seen. My life. And we're like dancing and we all get in the car. We're like, oh my God, that was so much fun. And my buddy's just like, yo, what the fuck? Like freaking out. <laughs> like, shit, man. So we did that. We so there's this there's this popular mall in Miami called Dolphin Mall, and there's like a like a, an area where you could literally like stage it. It was in front of an FYE and it was perfect. Yeah. We, we there's video we uploaded it to YouTube, but we did it. It was Symphony in Peril's stiletto. It was that breakdown at the end of like that that song by Symphony in Peril, and in the video, like it's my car drives up and it's just the whole thing. Like we asked somebody, hey, you know, we're like a place where you can listen to like some like hard music and people are like it in Miami. That's or- the reason we did what we did. If that's you, if that's you and your friends, <laughs> that is the only. Reason. I don't. I don't. It could have been us, but I, we got it from someone else. Like we got it from a different uh, group of people because they went all out. Like they had like a like a U-Haul van that people came out of. Like no, this like, was like good, they like- picked up like day workers <laughs> from Home Depot. Like that's what it looked like coming out of their car. No, the, the, one, the video we saw was like a handful of friends just like us that did it in front. Oh, of it was probably us then. But in- that's the reason we did that. Was that- if it was a Ford Mustang, it was us. Um, so. <laughs> That one of my friends, you can see it in the video. He he runs out and he he goes to do a windmill and he slips and he's just down on his back for the entire video. <laughs> and at at he like we like we we get in the car and we drive off and and he like gets up and he goes, "What happened?" And we were like, "What do you mean? We did like the whole windmill thing." He goes, "No, all I remember is I was doing something cool like a spin kick or something and, and then." nothing for like and i woke up he knocked himself out cold by slipping and hitting his head on the concrete he could have died doing this hardcore drop i'm gonna look up the video on youtube and it's the same video i remember if it's a silver mustang it was 100 me because people jumped out of it was a convertible and two people jumped out of the car to start like doing stuff too God, this sounds way too familiar. Way too familiar. We were like watching that at the same time we were watching like the BME Pain Olympics. So like it all blew. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the same year actually. Two girls, one cup, probably. Yeah. Weird, was, time, dude. Dude. That's a weird time. Weird time. That was a weird fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. I saw so much shit on Ebom's world that I literally guess- like actual literal shit. Yeah. Actually, you're like, hey, you want to see this dude get his head chopped off? Fucking helicopter blade, <laughs> Ebon's world, dude. Dude, after <laughs> such after such a glowing endorsement for Ebom's world, I can't imagine that we would have to conclude this episode, but we, we do. We yeah. actually do. Um, so uh, Mike, Jesse, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Uh, you know, thanks for talking the Bronze Age with us a little bit about you guys and your history and all that. Uh just real quick, uh, let everybody know uh, where they can find you on your socials and all that good stuff. Uh, I think it's just all the things. Uh, Instagram, the Bronze Age. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, the Bronze Age NC. 
uh, Facebook, the Bronze Age, uh, Spotify, Bronze Age, Apple Music. We're on Amazon. All the all the music shit. Uh, we got our newest music video on our YouTube channel. Uh, what is our YouTube channel? The Bronze Age. I think it's the Bronze Agency. If you need further information about the band, just text me on social media. I'll give you Jesse's social security number, and you can get pretty much. Yeah. I love it. it and uh, It could be our video, actually. If it's, It has 52,000 views. I didn't even notice yeah, it. It was, like, actually really popular. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Uh, I'm a royalty check from YouTube. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, you'll get that in 2035. Don't worry about it. It'll come. Uh, but uh, awesome. Well, thanks again for being with us so much. And uh, again, the Bronze Age, uh, we, we'll be playing uh, Bar Down Breakfast 2. Well, maybe um, you got to just get your tickets and see if the Bronze Age shows up. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, tagged them, so we figured that was good enough. And, yeah, we figured booking agent tagging someone, it's about the same thing. You same know. thing. The obligation to show up, and if you guys get bumped from the show because we tagged like Hope's Fall nine hundred times, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I might do that. We keep tagging. I might do that, and if they show up and decide that they have to play the bending fifty times for me only, then that's okay. It's okay for me. I've had worse nights. Yeah, I've had way worse nights than that. But uh, awesome, good guys. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a blast to have you guys on. Uh, we wish you all the best and, uh, fucking, if we see some Canes action in the, uh, in the cup finals, that would be something else, but I'm not gonna cats might be tough to get past, but we'll see what happens. But thank you guys so much. Oh yeah, Absolutely, man. Appreciate Appreciate it. It. Peace. Hey. Later guys. Yeah. Hell yeah.